confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com, code GLOW. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Good evening, Razorback fans. I want to welcome you to the Weekly Women's Sports Report Season 2, Episode 3, presented to you by Arkansas Brewing Company in downtown Ozark, sponsored by Metters Lumber with, uh, with locations in Alma, Ozark, and Clarksville, as well as Bet Online, your number one source for all your betting needs. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use the promo code BLEAV for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. And first up, we have former Razorback track star, gold medalist, Talia Brooks, also the co-host of What's the T? Is that is that correct? That's the all right, that's yeah, the that's tea. the T. All right, I, I'm 41, so I get I get that new slang a little twisted sometimes, but I really appreciate you coming on tonight. No, you're all good. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. So let's yeah. jump right into that the podcast. We talked to Tara about it when she talked about right the beginnings of it, and you being a former athlete, and we talked about before we started recording. Five years ago, compared to today, where the attention at women's sports, where it gets. So when she approached you or you approached her, how this all started, what was your first thoughts when she said, hey, I want to do something for women's athletes and do different? Like, really talk about their stories and about them. And I tell you what, I've watched all of the season one, haven't really got to catch any of the episodes this season. But just talk about what that means to you and being able to have that platform for these athletes. Yeah, um, they approached Hawks Plus approached me about it, and I was I was humbled first of all um, because I like doing those kinds of things, but I've never done like a podcast. Um, and like you said, I competed at Arkansas, so anytime that I was being interviewed and asked about my story, I was always really excited to share it. And I think when they asked me to co-host the podcast, I was like, okay, now I'm in a position to let these athletes share their stories. Because sometimes being in women's athletics, it does feel like people don't care um, outside of like the Razorback fans that are always there. You know, there's a few that you can point out in the, in the stands that are always there, home, <laughs> away. Um, 
but outside of those people, sometimes it's like, dang, people, people don't really care. Um, but I think that's definitely starting to change and people are starting to see the value in women's sports. Um, I think even with softball, it used to be like a unpaid ticketed sport at yes. Arkansas. And now free. Yes. Yeah, it was free. And now they have season ticket holders and, you know, it's always packed out over there and they're obviously doing very well. Um, so yeah, it's, it's starting to change and I'm glad to see it obviously because like I said, I went to Arkansas and I'm still training professionally. Um, so it's good. I think it's good for the sports. And let's, you know, and to be quite honest about it, you coming from one of the marquee programs at Arkansas, the track and field program that has more national championships than a lot of programs altogether have. You know, how frustrating is that or was that, you know, when you have all this success, but you're not seeing the support? And I know, you know, I've done this, this is my second season, but I've covered women's sports for five years now, and I've seen the growth of a lot of the programs, but you still see track and field as the, when it comes to the importance and the attention, it's still near the, near the bottom as when it comes to the fan support. So what, what's been some of the challenges to overcome that and what more could, especially like our platform and others do to bring more awareness to that? I think it's a few things. Um, well, first of all, now being out of college and being professional, I run a lot in Europe. And it's crazy how different track is in Europe compared to here. In Europe, they treat track like football almost. Like there's these huge stadiums that hold 20 to 50 to 80,000 people and they fill them up. Um, and it's more of like, it's more of an entertainment. The track meets are only about an hour and a half long. So it's similar <laughs> to like coming to a, a basketball yeah. game. Um, so you get people's attention. It's not a bunch of different heats and stuff. It's, it's one race, one race of the women's hundred, one race of the men's 200. And they kind of pick and choose events. And every time I go over there, I'm like, why can't we do this in the U S like on a collegiate level, but also on a professional level? Um, because it does get kind of like, dang, you almost don't even want to run in the U S because you walk out to the track meet. And like you said, there's not any people there outside of your family, um, and a few, and a few fans that are always supportive. Um, but I think that what was always so frustrating for me when I was in college is that everybody around here knows about track. Everybody knows that the track team is really, really good. And I've asked so many people, even like high school kids that want to run track at the U of A. I'm like, well, have you ever been to track meet? And they're like, no. I'm like, what do you mean? You've never been to a track meet. <laughs> um, and it's really a lot of fun, especially the indoor meets. I think fans would really enjoy um, the indoor meets. It's, you know, more controlled. There's no sun. There's no, none of that. You don't have to sit in the sun. Um, it's closer. So you're really close to all of the action. Um, and I think that also people, again, they would know the track team is good, but then it was just always an expectation that the, that it was easy for the track team to be good. So it kind of like discounted the women and the men's mm -hmm. like hard work. And it's like, no, it's hard to win national titles just because we did it, you know, two years in a row or the team that did the triple crown just because they did that for one, don't ex just expect <laughs> it again. But for two, like that was really hard. Um, and it took a lot of hard work. And I think sometimes track just because of the previous success it kind of gets discounted, and that, that can be frustrating. Well, when we talk to Coach Harder, you know, a lot of people lose the fact or don't even realize the fact 
in baseball, basketball, and football, you're taking your whole team to a national tournament. You're taking your whole team to a national championship game. In track, you got to qualify. So you yes. got to get enough people to even qualify for your school to even get enough points to win mm-hmm. the national championship. And we were watching, it was when they swept the indoor last year. And it come down, we, when we had Coach Harder on, it come down to the last event against Arkansas and Texas, and I believe it was the 4 by 100 or 4 by 400 relay. And I was hitting refresh as fast as I could to sit there because, I mean, you didn't even see Texas on the leaderboard, and it come to the last event, and then boom, they're right there within two points, I believe. It was mm-hmm. just that's you, and then you see people starting to get into it, and and another thing that people fail to realize is, all right, so Arkansas wins the national championship in the indoor. Uh, their season's not over. You get like a two week break, if that, and then you go right into the outdoor season. I was like, oh. when you're when, when you look at that, so talk about how just difficult a season is. In, in the collegiate uh, level. Right. So on a collegiate level, the seasons are tough, especially um, if you're running at those SEC and NCAA championships because you have to – the coaches have to, like, peak your training. So they have to start you down here in the fall, and as the weeks go, they get you here by March at your very best, and then they kind of have to bring you back down because you do have an outdoor season. Yeah. And so you kind of go into, like, a short period of time where you're back into, like – off-season type of workouts, like longer, just so they can bring it all back down, just to build it back up again. And that can be really hard to do, to peak two or maybe even three times if you end up running at a U.S. championships um, as a collegiate athlete, which a lot of our Razorbacks do end up doing that, and a lot of them end up making the teams. And so you have to hold it until, I think, Budapest this summer was in August. So Rosie Effion, for example, ran track meets from January to August. And that's that's very hard to do. And and we looked at that when you, you're talking about things that are hard to do. How hard was it to run in 104-degree heat? And, <laughs> and, you know, again, people don't realize, you know, the nutrition and the hydration and stuff when it comes to Division one athletes, much less world-class athletes. And just talk about that moment, that track meet, and just what was going through your mind. And it's 104 degrees, and you, but you still got to compete with the best in, in the country. Right. Yes, I think that experience was just a very – I'll use the word unfortunate. It was a very <laughs> unfortunate experience. It was Olympic trials 2021 for Tokyo. Um and I was picked to make the team. Like I was in, I was in good contention. Um, and it was supposed to be like record heat waves. And the the track meet got moved. A lot of the events got moved. Ours did not, and so we still had to compete. And I ended up um, passing out. And then they ended up canceling or postponing the rest of the track meet for a few hours later. But at that point, I wasn't in any position to like continue to fight for a spot to be on Team USA. Um, And I think that is just, like, that was the first time that I was at an Olympic trials where it was, like, expected for me to make the team. Mm -hmm. Um, And so to not be able to do that, I think, I would tell people after the fact, like, I see why people retire after not making the Olympic teams. Because in your mind, now you have to wait four years to do it again. Exactly. Um, Like a leap year. Like, you know, you you don't get to go back next fall. And, and. People realize, I'll just take the 100 meters in, in, for instance, how quick 
this is. Like you prepare four years of your life for 10 to 12 seconds. And, mm-hmm. you know, in yours, yes, you, the heptathlon and stuff, you get different events, but still it's two days. You're, and just the mental on top of that. And I know mental awareness is really coming strong and we're really having a lot more of that. And I love the fact that people are really paying attention to that's a real thing. And, and for those athletes, and when you go through that moment and, and you're talking about your, your slogan, you know, talk about delayed, you know, in, in your comeback, you know, how long did it really mentally take you to get back on the fact of, okay, I'm back in it and I'm ready to go back to the next, try it again for the next D Olympics or the next Olympic team? Um, I would say about two years, honestly, um, because the year following that incident, I was injured. I broke my foot. Um, so I was in a boot. And in this season was my first season, like truly back competing at a high level. And I would find myself, I was actually talking with psychologists about this the other day. I would find myself in those heptathlon meets, like thinking of a reason why I couldn't finish. It was almost like my body didn't want to finish. And so, and that was something that I just had to battle all year. I wasn't injured. Like I was perfectly fine. Um, But I would be in the track meet like, oh, but what if I fall down right here? What if, what if this happens? And um, that's something I had to fight through like mentally. And that was tough, but I think it does help that there is more awareness um, about mental health. I think that I personally think social media is causing quite a bit of this mental health, but that's another argument. Yeah, that's um, another episode, yes. That, <laughs> yeah, it's good that people are, are taking it serious and that it's something that can be talked about and can be addressed. So I want to ask you a couple of questions, and and this goes back to your championships, you know, you being an NCAA champion for one of the premier track programs in the country, how cool was that? And then getting a gold medal. I'm not going to ask you to pick the two because I know that's hard, but just talk about those two moments, you know, becoming an NCAA champion and then winning a gold. You know, what is the rush and what's the feeling when you get that gold medal put over your neck and, and you get to display that forever? Right. So winning on the collegiate level was definitely cool because you were doing it with like a team aspect. I think we got second that year overall in the team standings. Um, But it was something that I felt like I had worked four years or five years because I was on the team for five years. Um, I had worked all that time uh, and then I could score the 10 points for the team. So it was kind of like a two way fold. I'm doing it for myself, but I'm also doing it for y'all. And then the gold medal that I won was for NACAC, uh, which is North Caribbean, North American, Caribbean, and something games, Central America. Um, and that's also cool because you're competing against other people that's around your age. It was under 23s um, from around the world. So then that's when you can kind of consider yourself like I'm one of the best in the world because I beat some of the best in the world. And so I think it's equally cool, but I would definitely choose the uh, NCAA one just because NCAA track is so hard. And again, you had, you know, these girls that you're dying next to every day and y'all kind of get to do that together. And once you leave there and you run professional track, like you, you never get that type of experience again, the NCAA experience. So I'll go with that one. Yeah. Cause you know, a lot of people, you know, when you are an Olympic athlete or you're a professional athlete in track, you've got to get your sponsors. You, it, it turns into mm-hmm. a business. You got to start marketing yourself 
And we talked about before we started recording, you now get to be, be uh, sponsored or you have a partnership with Starburst. Just talk about that and, and how that all come about and what, for those out on the outside, what does that mean? Yeah, so I do a lot of um, sponsorships, partnerships on social media. So I have a pretty good following on Instagram. Um, and so I'm able to like capitalize on that. My main sponsor for track is ASICS. That's the the brand that I run under. Um, But outside of that, I'm able to just, it's very similar to NIL. It's just a professional. So I guess you wouldn't necessarily call it that, but you can just go on different platforms and apply for different um, partnerships. Or sometimes they reach out to you, you reach out to them, or you have a marketing agent that gets some of that squared away. So I did do recently um, a partnership with Starburst and it was talking about self-love and those types of things. And like, how are you taking care of yourself? And um, that I think was right on time for me because I, I captured that content right at the end of my season. And it was a time where it's like, okay, I need to take it, take the time to breathe, reflect on the year um, and just kind of give back to myself. And I think that that partnership came like right on time because that's what it was all about. Um, And I like doing like genuine partnerships because if it's very ad like, then it shows and it's just like, Oh, that's a bit corny. But um, yeah, that's how, that's how that one came about. And I enjoyed it. And, and talking about taking care of yourself, I had a birdie tell me that you have a shoe collection and a big shoe collection. So big that you have to, put some of those said shoes in a storage unit. Um, talk about your your love for your your shoes, and is this true that you have so many shoes that you have a storage unit for them? <laughs> that is true. Now I know who told you that. Um, that is true. I In college and stuff, I really loved wearing, like, Nikes and Jordans and all of those things. And when I signed professionally and I signed with ASICs, technically I'm not allowed to wear those anymore. So I kept the ones that I really like, and then I kind of donated or got rid of like the Nike running shoes, all those things. And so I put them in storage. Um, and every now and then, if I like a pair that's coming out, I'll go and buy them and stick them in storage with the rest <laughs> of them. So I have those. And then I also have like, yeah, all of the ASICs shoes that I'm able to order and able to get. So there is like, I have multiple rooms and one room is dedicated to like the shoes. It's the shoe room. And that's what people call it when they're like, Oh, this is the shoe room that we see because they're just like lined on the walls on these shelves and whatnot. But yeah, I love shoes. Um, that's my, that's probably my weak spot. <laughs> and, and how hard. Okay. So you said there are certain brands you can't wear. How, just mm-hmm. how hard is it when, you're looking at these, they're calling your name in these shoes and you cannot wear those. How hard it's is hard. that? It's hard. I will say it has saved me money because I'm not <laughs> spending as much. Like in college, I would spend my last dimes on a pair of shoes. Like don't even have money to eat. I'll go spend. I mean, we had the cap, so I didn't necessarily need it, but I'll spend my last bit on some shoes. Um, so now obviously I'm not doing that, but it was hard at first. The transition was hard because I always wore like the Jordans and Nikes, and now I can't wear any of that. No Adidas, no Under Armour, nothing. Um, so that that was difficult, but now I've kind of found my style with Asics, and I've found some shoes that I really like um, through their line, and 
always get a lot of compliments on them because a lot of people don't know about the Asics like sports style shoes. They only know about the running shoes. Yes. Um, and so people are like, what are those? Where did you get them? I'm like, they're Asics. They're stylish. Um, and it's a Japanese-based country uh, um, company, so it's a little different. But I like it. So what is next up for you after your break? You know, are you continuing with your stuff with Hogs Plus and along with training? I mean, what's next for Talia Brooks? Yeah, so we actually just started training last week. This is my full first week of training um, for the 2024 Olympics. Um, so I'll be trying out for the Olympic team again in June of 2024. And so that's our main, like, that's our big main goal and track. Um, but I will still be doing uh, the podcast with Tara and with Hogs Plus. So we're getting ready to record some new episodes for that. Um, and I'll be on the court for men's basketball. I'm excited. Uh, I'll be there Saturday for the game against Purdue. Um, so I'll, you know, be doing that on the side. But right now my main focus is that 2024 Olympic team because I do not want to say in June, like, oh, we got to wait another four years. Yes. And, and um, yeah. And being in Arkansas, you know, having the resources we talked about, you know, the, the, the aquatic center and, and of course the premier track facilities in the country, just how beneficial is that to you that it's in your backyard? You don't have to travel across country or go to say Eugene, Oregon to prepare for mm-hmm. the Olympics. You get to do all the stuff that you want to do in Fayetteville and train for the Olympics at the same time. So Right. Back to that mental state. I mean, how beneficial is that to you in, in your training? It's very beneficial. I mean, yeah, we have state-of-the-art facilities here. We have everything, indoor track, outdoor track. A lot of professionals do not have that. Um, and I think me particular, it's even better uh, for me because I went to Arkansas. And so we have some people in our professional group that didn't go to Arkansas. Um but I still have the same doctors that I had when I was a Razorback. So they know like my full history. I didn't have to move somewhere else and explain like, I've had seven knee surgeries. They already know because they've been seeing me since I was 18 years old. Um, and then, you know, some of the trainers and stuff. So it is hard as a professional because you are supposed to like outsource those things and pay for all of those things out of your pocket. And I kind of ha- I kind of do a mix of both because the Razorback community takes care of me. I've been here for a long time. Um, so it has been beneficial for me to stay here and it is a place, you know, that I call home and that I think a lot of people support, you know, what I'm doing. So it makes it even more fun and even more like, okay, I can continue to do this because there's so many people around me that are supporting me and they want to see me succeed. And so the community helps me out a bit, but it is hard as a professional because you do have to pay for all of those things and it can get really expensive. It's kind of like, you know, the, the rare thing where you have to be the adult and you have to do the adulting thing for a little bit. So You just have to figure it out. <laughs> like, you got to figure it out as you go. And you look back, and you're like, well, I shouldn't have did that, but we'll, we'll figure it out for next time. Well, Talia, we really appreciate you coming on. It was an honor to get to talk to you about your career and, and best of luck moving forward because one thing we can say about Razorbacks, we truly do follow the pro hogs and the athletes. They, they're not just an athlete at Arkansas, and then when they move on to the next level, they're once a hog, always a hog. So we appreciate you coming on. Thank you. Go no hogs. Yep. Really want to appreciate Talia for coming on. As she said, preparing for the 24, 2024 Olympics. And, you know, I, I watch it. You watch the Olympics, and that's one thing we're track. You, you watch, you know, the Usain Bolts, the Shikari Richardsons, you know, and – the Olympic team, that's, you know, the gymnast 
and the track and field team, you know, going back to the 96 Olympics in Atlanta has always been that exciting to watch and being able to train for that. I, I just couldn't imagine being one to prepare for that and knowing that I'm going to represent my country in any capacity. I mean, you, you, you think about it, you like, especially in events like track and field, just the thought of being able to put on that USA uniform. And I know with, with things going on and, and, and with the, the politics and stuff, and, you know, there's a lot of things that get lost in transition of that, the USA and stuff. And it's, it's not the same as it used to. And I wish we could get back to that to where we could embrace, you know, when somebody puts on an American uniform, they're playing for their country, they're running for their country. I mean, it, it, that would, to me, would be one of the coolest things in the world. And I'm sorry, you know, you watch these people in the Super Bowl, the national anthem plays in the Super Bowl, and you see grown men crying. I just couldn't imagine you win an event and they're playing the national anthem and they put a gold medal, even a silver or bronze. You know, you're one of the top three people in the world and you get to witness that and you're the one that they're playing the national anthem for. I mean, I just think that'd be one of the coolest things in in the world. And again, we thank Talia for coming on. But before we bring on Coach Harper of the Swim Dive team, we had uh, addressed on Sunday night about the soccer team and their championship, um, fourth SEC championship in the last four years. Um, they have their senior night against Mississippi State tomorrow night at 6.30. And the fact that they clinched another – they clinched a share. And, and again – with the point system, South Carolina has zero losses in conference play. Arkansas has one, but South Carolina has four ties. So they bring the point system in. Arkansas leads there 22 to 19. So that's where that the share of the regular season title comes in. And I tell you what, you know, fourth and last five years, they didn't win it last year. And to bounce back and to have the team that they have, and I want to bring up the you know a point that we know Anapotagil, Ava Tankersley, Isrin, but they have been Coach Hale has been able to just find these goalies in the portal, you know, and recruit, and you just see you know between Sierra Yardy and Phoebe Carver, I mean. They're the top goalkeepers, and, and again, when it comes to you're scoring goals, but yet you get into these shootouts. And, you know, B. Franklin, Ellie Potagil, the younger sister of, of Anna, but when we started doing this podcast about the women's and we've talked about the, the pillars of Razorback soccer and softball, you can't help but – talk about Anna Potagil as one of those with when you're talking about the volleyball program and what they've done. You know, 16 match win streak. And that was on a back end of a road trip where they played the number two team in the SEC, Tennessee, 
and the number three team, Kentucky. And they went five sets with Kentucky and lost. So they have South Carolina at South Carolina coming up on Friday. And then Florida. And we talked about that last week on the uh, weekly women's sports report when we're talking about the road trip, you know, that Tennessee, Kentucky, South Carolina, Florida, and they'll be on the road again that following Wednesday against Georgia. The volleyball team will not be back in Barnhill Arena until the 5th of November on Sunday where they play Mississippi State at home. So they have a a quiet, big road trip when it comes to um, going – Away and and I hope that you know all this this fifteen sixteen game win streak they get you know they can split or sweep and get back home to finish out the regular season with you know the home against Mississippi State they go go to Alabama Ole Miss then they're home against Florida home against Kentucky on uh, November in November on Wednesday in November uh, after the nineteenth I don't see the exact date on that Kentucky but. You know, it's one of those things that this team ranked in the top ten. You're up there with with the soccer program. You're up there when it comes to ranking. You're a top ten program in the country. Taylor Head, Jill Gillen, Hannah Hogue. I mean, Courtney Jackson, the the Maggie Cartwright. You know, these are girls. I got to had the opportunity to go watch them and practice and watching the competitiveness and watching them play against each other. And Jill, just you could see somebody that is 5'6", five, 5'7", five, and she plays like she's 6'1". And you see the highlights where she just cocks the hammer back and unloads on the kill and just the power behind it. So best of luck to them, best of luck. We got, you know, soccer ending their regular season. And then you have women's basketball coming up, which we're very excited about that. Their um, their first game will be on November 7th. They'll have Louisiana Monroe. So on Tuesday, November 7th at Bud Walton Arena. And you'll have November 17th, 14th, the 20th. So you have one, two, three. You got five times to see them before they head to the Fort Myers tip-off uh, against Wisconsin and either Marquette or Boston College which when we get closer to that, I believe next week we will have um, – we'll try to have somebody from the women's basketball team come on and preview the season. But what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break, commercial break, and then we will talk to Coach Neil Harper of the Arkansas Swim and Dive Team. Attention DOIs and home improvement enthusiasts. Are you searching for the right tools and the supplies to tackle your next project? Look no further than Mentors Hardware Store. With locations in Ozark, Alma, and Clarksville, our vast selection of hardware and building materials is sure to have everything you need, whether you're fixing a leaky faucet or building a new deck. Most of our knowledgeable staff is always on hand to offer expert advice and guidance. And with our competitive prices and convenient online ordering, Metro's Hardware Store is your one-stop shop for all your DIY needs. Visit us today, and let's build something amazing together. Are you in need of legal representation? Look no further than the law offices of Robertson, Beasley, Shipley, and Robinson. 
As the oldest law firm in the River Valley, we have been serving our clients for over 100 years with locations in Ozark, Fort Smith, and Springfield. Our experienced team of attorneys provide expert guidance and advocacy in a wide range of legal areas, including personal injury, family law, criminal defense, and more. Trust in our Harris history and experience to get the results you deserve. Contact the law offices of Robertson Beasley, Shipley, and Robinson today at 479-782-8813. That's 479-782-8813. Are you looking for a place to grab a cold drink and some delicious food? Look no further than Arkansas Brewing Company. Located at 201 South 1st Street in beautiful downtown Ozark, our establishment offers a wide selection of craft beers and tasty eats. But what sets us apart is our welcoming atmosphere and friendly staff. At Arkansas Brewing Company, you'll always feel like part of the family. So visit Destiny and Christopher Brockett and staff today and see for yourself what makes us the go-to spot for locals and visitors alike. Arkansas Brewing Company, come for the drinks and stay for the friends. Searching for premium brewery products that will take your daily routine to the next level? Look no further than Sterling Soap Company. Our handmade soaps, aftershaves, and balms are made with only the finest ingredients that give you the ultimate grooming experience. With a variety of scents to choose from, there's something for everyone. Plus, our products are crafted in small batches to ensure the highest level of quality. So why wait? Visit www.sterlingsoap.com or visit our retail store at 16 West Walnut Street in Paris, Arkansas. Shop our collection and discover the difference for yourself. Upgrade your grooming routine with Sterling Soap Company. And I want to welcome you back to the Hog Talk Podcast. Uh, having some technical difficulties getting Coach Harper on. Um, but while we're waiting on that, what we'll do is we'll do a quick rundown of what you can expect from this year's women's basketball team. Um, loaded is the only thing I can I can tell you. Loaded depth. Uh, you're going to see players playing early, you know, especially when you look at Jenna Lawrence, the freshman from Farmington. Um, she was the one that really – you know, talk when you talk about impressing me the most, just I've never seen someone, you know, standing at six three have such a pure shot like like Jenna. Um when we had the preseason media availability, we were talking to uh, Michaela and Sam about the fact that they're so deep that how does this help the preparation? How does this help them not get you know, where when we were talking to, to Leah, she was talking about, you know, they get you to your best and then they got to bring you back down because you have the um, indoor and outdoor seasons. And that's what was happening to them was, you know, you're playing 28, 30 games, you know, you're having to do that. So there were 24 and 13 last year. So you're playing close to 40 games total. And you're, you know, you have the depth where you have one rotation. People could come in for a couple of minutes, but when you're playing thirty to forty minutes a game, and you're doing that in an SEC style setting in in the conference, it does take a toll on you. And, and I think a lot of that is why we see the strong starts and then we see tapered off. But when you look at this year's schedule compared to last year's schedule. I, I want to bring up last year's schedule 
for instance, and yes, I know there was some games that, you know, like the Vanderbilt game. There was games where they should have won that, you know, got away from them. But when you look at who they had to play, you had to play LSU twice. And we know how incredibly talented LSU was. You had to play LSU twice. You had to play South Carolina and Tennessee twice, along with playing South Carolina again in your SEC tournament. This year, you're going to see a lot of depth. You're going to see a lot of defense because not only do they have the depth, but they're going to bring in the press. And I think that's what I'm really, really, really looking forward to seeing on the 7th when it comes to when they play ULM. We're not going to see – I'm not going to say they're going to come out and do a 40 minutes of hell type right off the bat. I think they're going to try to implement that in a game setting all the way up until SEC play. And that is what Coach Neighbors said the most was hopefully, you know, the teams when they're preparing for Arkansas, they have the depth, they have the size, they have the length. Then you have to spend some practice time on the press. I think that's going to bode well for them. Now, it's still the SEC. You still have to deal with South Carolina. You still have to deal with LSU. And I know – South Carolina lost a lot, but you're looking at LSU and who they got in the portal with Van Lith from Louisville on top of Reese and top of Johnson. Um, they're going Both of those teams are going to be really good. And then, of course, throw in what Kelly Harper's done there at Tennessee as well. Mississippi State's going to be a surprise team. There's a lot of teams. You, uh, you know, Aaron Barnum goes to Mississippi State. Then you even go to Ole Miss – and you've got Marquisha Davis and um, Alana Eaton from Arkansas there. So there's two games there in which Mississippi State comes to Bud Walton Arena on January 11th, and then Ole Miss, they play Ole Miss at Ole Miss on March the 3rd. So we don't see them in, we don't see them inside Bud Walton Arena this year. They go, that's another program that's on the rise. So it makes those games like the Missouri games, the Auburn games. You can even throw Florida in there. Vanderbilt, I know what Coach Ralph has done at Vanderbilt, and this is no disrespect to those programs, even in Texas A&M. When you're trying to be in that top four of the conference, you've got to win those games. And it's what we, we, we talked about last year. And winning the games that you're supposed to, and don't get caught in this four-game lull. Now, when I'm looking at this year's schedule, you you have at LSU, Kentucky, Missouri, Alabama. You know, there's not really a three, four-game stretch until the very end. That very last two weeks of the college basketball regular season between the 22nd of February and March 3rd, you got at A&M, always a tough place to play, you do have Vanderbilt at home, but we've seen how well Vanderbilt's battled with Arkansas. Then you've got to play South Carolina on the 29th and then Ole Miss. So that's going to be the key part of the season. You're going to have a mid part where you got at Florida, at Tennessee. Regroup from that because I'm telling you, you have South Carolina and then at Ole Miss right before the SEC tournament and especially with seeding and where you're at as a program, that's going to be very important to 
get at least one of those games, and and I'm looking at the Ole Miss game. I mean, South Carolina, they're tough. I think Arkansas matches up with them very well, but when you look at what South Carolina has on the bench from last year in Ashland Watkins, I mean, All-American was on the bench because you've seen the talent that was before her, and then uh, they have an incredible freshman that can be up there right there with Talia Scott and um, – uh, Mikey and Michaela Williams out of um, LSU and uh, Full Wiley. I mean, in, if you watch the All-American game from last year, incredible, incredible game to watch. But Talia Scott, freshman, Jenna Lawrence, freshman, you know, Talia Scott is going to get a lot of the attention because she is the highly recruited freshman out of Florida. But I'm telling you, do not sleep on Lawrence her tenacity on defense, and you got to think. Look look at the practice, and, and let's just look for a second of when you're looking at Talia, who are you going up against? You're going up against Samara Spencer and Michaela Daniels and Carly Keats and Christina Sanchez. You talk about iron sharpening iron. That is lethal when you're talking about the guard play that Arkansas has this year and you look at the guards, and even Sailor coming in a, a two-guard, three-guard. Sasha Goforth's back. Carly Johnson, she's going to be one of those ones, the like like Riley Langerman that's going to come in, and she's going to be playing defense. She's going to get you some key points because she, she is lethal from three-point land. Her th- shot, her three-point shot from last year to this year has got been incredible. I told Coach Neighbors, and I've told – all the media that I talked to watching their practice, Carly Keats is the perfect matchup. If you could had Amber Ramirez and Alexis Tolfree in one guard, that's what you're going to get with Carly Keats. Drive, tenacity, swagger, and can score. And when you can bring Carly and Talia in, and you're going to see a lot of mixture with these four together, but when you have Talia, Carly, Michaela and Sam all in that backcourt. We ain't even got to the down low. We ain't even got to Jersey and Miriam. You know, it's going to be a very exciting team, and I've always said it. I've said it for years. This team deserves it, – it's their time, I believe, for them to win. It's their time for them to shock the world, per se. We know what they can be, and and when I say shock the world, they've had the talent in the past to do something. We've seen what happened with this team when, when Chelsea Dungey and they went to Greenville the last time. Um, it, it's time for them to really prove that they can go get a win in the NCAA tournament because that's, what, that's where their expectations are. And that's why I am proud of this program because there is expectations. When they do get sixth or seventh in the conference, which they're picked seventh, uh, I believe, by the uh, coaches and sixth by the media. Yeah, I might have it flip block, but I'm pretty sure Arkansas is picked to finish sixth by the, the media and seventh by the coaches in, in the preseason SEC polls. And, of course, Michaela Daniels was second team all SEC. You're going to see – I'm not going to go as far saying two. I'm not I'm – not, because I, but I think Talia Scott is one of the favorites to be on that all freshman team. I would not be surprised if Jen Lawrence was on that all freshman team at the end, I, or if if not freshman of the year. And I know you've got Williams and LSU, and you've got um, 
Paul Wiley at South Carolina to compete against. But going to be very, very and nice to see this team not so much prove wrong because I'm, I'm going to be real. Uh, as much as a women's supporter as I am, I mean, a lot of it is the fact that they have not produced in the SEC tournament or the NCAA tournament. So have that chip. I want them to have that chip, and I want this to be their year where they finally make some noise, get in there and make a, a, a sweet 16 run because I'm telling you, th- this team right here, you're only losing one per- – granite. nobody leaves in the portal. Granted, nobody leaves at all in order. You're losing one person from this year's squad going into the next year. So you come in with what you have this year because Sasha Goforth is just a redshirt junior. Sailor is a sophomore. You know, Talia, freshman. Carly, sophomore. I mean, it, it, you know, Emery Ellis, junior. So next year, you're going to have Sasha, Samara, Emery, and Jersey as your seniors. So this this program's going up, and I hope that they indeed get that daunted first NCAA tournament win. And if this talent produces like they should, they could very well produce enough. And I know I'm going to probably get killed for it because I'm just saying you telling you how talented this team is. They have the talent to be able to get a four seed where they can they can host an opening round type. But they still play in the SEC and it's going to be pretty pretty tough to um to do that in the SEC. Um I guess that will do it for this week. Again, thank you so much to Talia for joining us for the weekly women's sports report. Uh thank you to Meadows Lumber for sponsoring this uh episode and the weekly women's sports report. We will be back with you on Sunday to recap the Arkansas-Purdue game, the exhibition. So John Abers put it out that if uh, he sells out Bud Walton Arena, that he gets to go to the team um, Halloween party. Uh, Eric Musselman put the uh, put that on notice. So let's pack Bud Walton Arena for a great cause. Two great teams going to battle uh, don't get too crazy about the score, win or lose. I mean, if Arkansas wins by 20 or they lose by 20. I mean, this is a charity exhibition game. Yeah, they're going to play. They're going to be going all out. But we we know what this team is made of. We know what Coach Musselman's done with this team in February and March. So looking forward to this team as well. Well, that will do it for this episode. Again, presented to you by Bet Online and Arkansas Brewing Company, sponsored by Metters Lumber Company. We will catch you on Sunday. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's best sellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. 
Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com, code GLOW.